All right, time for a Miami Sports Pod. Will Manso, Clay Ferrero, Dookie Lang. Uh, Clay so disturbed by the weekend in uh, the hurricanes that uh, I'm not sure if he even wants to talk about what happened, but Clay will be here in a second. Or maybe he's overjoyed. This isn't a, 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 yeah, it's true. He's a Virginia Tech alum. Maybe he's, he's, he's getting out of this conversation because we told Clay we're starting right at this time, and Clay's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to get uh, into this conversation. We're going to talk quickly about Manny Diaz and the hurricanes. We're also going to do a little heat as they had their annual charity scrimmage. Um, and I think we have to start, though, with Manny and the Hurricanes. And honestly, Dookie, the, the, the frustration that, that, there, that there is in town right now with this team. Look, the journalist, the person who does this podcast is being paid to be a professional and me is being like, hey, relax. It's year one of Manny. It's a new system. There are a lot of things in play here. Uh, this is, to me, a rebuild, not in the sense of a Dolphins where you're tanking and going from scratch, but in the sense of a new culture, a new system. Manny's really trying to implement a style. But I, you know, throw that all away. It sucks. I mean, the Hurricanes are a proud program that needs to be better than a middle to lower of the Pack ACC team, which is what they are right now. Clay finally said, you know what, I'll get into this conversation. I, I told him he didn't want to talk about He was Virginia trying Tech. to take the fifth. I'm frustrated. I'm going to play the part of the fan now because I am a fan. I'm an alum. I'm proud of the university. I'm never going to say anything otherwise that I'm proud of being in orange and green and, and, and what that school did for me. But part of the appeal of that school and the passion of that school is the football program. And right now, this football program is not where it needs to be. And I'm sorry, I know it's year one, but I expect better. Yeah, two and three isn't exactly uh, setting my toes on fire. You know, it's kind of interesting because I had a feeling something like this may happen. And and I kind of talked about it on the pod before where I told you guys, you know, leading up to the Gators game, that Manny was winning the offseason, that he was winning the enthusiasm, he was winning social media, he was mm-hmm. winning the transfer portal. Hey, he, the was, he was winning all of the enthusiasm. He brought back the old Canes. Everything was trending in the right direction. But... August 24th was the first game, and I said, if August 25th they lose, that's all people are going to care about. And here we are. Mm-hmm. We're in October, and he's 2-3. and three. And, you know, I, I this, wa- this week was frustrating, though, because it was off a bye against a bad team. It's Sorry, just, Clay. But that they, they – that was embarrassing. It's the, the same – it's the same song, different verse. This is the same stuff, but with a stronger word, that has been going on for the Canes – for the last 15 years, mm-hmm. which is, and I, I will never forget when the University of Miami first came into the ACC, where the thought was, man, Miami and Florida State are going to win the ACC every year. It's just they're going to alternate because those two powerhouses, you yep. know, Miami coming from the Big East, uh, the, those two teams are just going to dominate. And Miami still never won the ACC. Yeah. And, and, and Clay, I'll let you, you've been trying to refrain. You were walking around pacing as we started because you didn't even <laughs> want to get into all this conversation. I know you're happy as a VTech fan to see them actually win a game like this. But from a Miami perspective, I mean, you, you, you expected, not because you were trying to do like a reverse curse here. You no. expected Miami to just steamroll Virginia Tech. It's a bad football team, and you mentioned that, and, and we're not sugar, sugarcoating it. And, and I'm talking about Virginia Tech, not Miami. I, and I think, look... It's really simple. Five turnovers. Mm-hmm. Five turnovers to zero. And and I actually, Dookie and I were talking about this a little How while ago. Well, and I would have been curious, and I don't know if somebody did this research just in case. Has there ever been a team that lost the turnover battle five to nothing and still ended up winning the game? I mean, that may have been a first in history if it had happened. Um, Very rare, I would say that. It, it, I, probably not many times if it had a few. So I'll say this. Uh, it, it, 
and I'm not trying to sit here and like make you guys feel better and, and Hurricanes fans feel better, whatever. Virginia Tech is bad. Um, Virginia Tech also played a quarterback that had played hardly at all, was very explosive, and I guarantee you the Hurricanes had pretty much no film on him and had no no idea what was coming when they saw that Hendon Hooker was coming into the game. Now, with that said, I think my concern as a Canes fan would be, why did it take an entire half to figure that out? Now, part of that is because they were in bad field position mm-hmm. because of, of the turnovers, and why I get all that. Why did they try that. to run the ball? Clay, you know this is better, much better than I do. Virginia Tech hasn't stopped anyone. Duke ran for over 200 yards, yet Miami, I think, through the third quarter had like six or eight yards rushing. They didn't try to establish the run. They came. They, they threw four times for basically the goal line in, in one possession. Why, with a week, an extra week to prepare, is that your game plan? That's the one question I have no answer to. And and Virginia Tech's defensive line is bad. And it, the, the team is not good. The, the defensive line may be the worst part of the entire team. And so the fact that that is is how you elected to quote-unquote attack a defense with a defensive line that bad. And Now, the only thing I, I would say is that maybe they felt like this was a chance for Jaron Williams to find a rhythm because this offensive line would be able to protect him against a defensive line this bad. That's that's the only well, thing that I could come up with. What does it say about Miami's offensive line then that their offensive line didn't protect Jaron or Nicosi or, yeah. or over the poles? I mean, DJ Dallas, the one huge run was mostly on his own. Yep. I mean, they they just how can the O line be this bad? How can it be this bad? And you mentioned the front. You know better than anyone how bad that front is. I it's hard for me to put the blame on the quarterbacks. And that. look, let's go to the quarterbacks. Who should be the starter on this team? I would go with Jaron Williams. I agree. I mean, here's here's my whole thing on this. Jaron Williams did not have an interception problem coming into the Virginia Tech game. Quite the opposite. Jaron Williams had not thrown an interception as a redshirt freshman. That was what he did well. In that particular ball game, he threw three picks early. Manny pulled them. Okay. But you got to get him back because this is the guy who looks like the guy. Mm-hmm. He had a bad game. There's There's no mistaking it. Nikosi Perry had last season, all offseason to beat out Jaron Williams, couldn't do it. He did, I guess, an admirable job. I mean, you consider the one touchdown was a Hail Mary before the half. The other one, like you said, was DJ Dallas. So it wasn't like Nikosi came in on fire. Mm-hmm. He he basically helped water rise to its level with a bad Virginia Tech defense. But I would start Jaron Williams and, and not look back. Yeah, I agree. Clay, I'm just going to keep it at that. I don't think Jaron – look, Jaron had a bad game, as did everyone. They, they started off slowly on offense. I thought Manny did the right thing by putting Nikosi in. I thought it was – that's what a backup's for, right, for a spark. I don't think a backup, though, is for you put him in and then that's it. He's your quarterback. I don't think when you go to the backup that means that the starter's done. I, yeah. I, I, it, to me, Jaron should be the starter. Well, it was odd because it felt like in the postgame news conference that, that the injury, the shoulder, was not an issue for, for Jaron Williams. That's but an then, issue. If that's an issue, that's a whole other but issue. But then you know, I, fine. I, I may be wrong, but I thought somebody – tweeted that he said something a little bit differently on 560 so I I don't know and and that may have played into it or it may not have but yeah I mean um, Jaron Williams needs to be the quarterback of this football team because if for no other reason you've already pretty much said you don't think Nikosi Perry is the answer so at the very least you need to figure out if Jaron Williams is for the rest of this year Yeah, and you have to you you can't set a standard where you have to be perfect I mean you hand the kid the job and you say he earned it all offseason all camp strong start to the season is 
Dookie mentioned, hasn't been a turnover machine. Has he been spectacular? No, but I think he's been solid. You can't then say, well, kid, you screwed up. That's it. You're done. I mean, that's just not the way you treat a quarterback. And, I, and I'm sorry, but it's a rare freshman that can stay, even a red shirt that can step in there and, and just be dynamite early on. And yeah, I get it. There are guys that do, but they are rare. And it's not like... It, it, it's a couple a year, It's and you can't just expect to go and find one. you you got to make sure that you develop the guy properly. You know where you can go and find one, and that's a car. Our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your, honey on a, or you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC. Vera Cadillac, Buick, GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. All right, speaking of the stadium, the man who's in that stadium, Manny Diaz, who calls the shots, he's got the job, gets it right off the bat. You know, Blake James turns right to him right away when Mark Rick leaves. I think Hurricane Nation rejoices. Dookie mentioned the transfer porter winning the offseason. Five games in, do you think he's over his head? I No, I wouldn't say over his head. I, I think... We knew that this offensive line was going to be bad. Um, I Do you blame him completely for the five turnovers? Now, I will say this. It feels like every loss there has been... Like, I've sat here and, and given it an excuse as to why they lost the game. The Florida game, obviously, Florida's a better team. And so that, that wasn't bad, and maybe you were encouraged, blah, blah, blah. The UNC game, well, it was a freshman quarterback, a true freshman quarterback. And again, we're back to talking about freshman quarterbacks, but he he played over his head, and, and you weren't expecting it, and you, and you still you came close, blah, blah, blah. This one, yeah, five turnovers, okay, but you've got three games now that you're making excuses for losing. So I wouldn't say I wouldn't say over his head, but we're past the point of the honeymoon stage being over. And now the rest mm-hmm. of the year, this team needs to show growth and development to, to make you feel positive about the program moving forward. I only ask that in that in that kind of a I guess a forward way because that's just what you're gonna get from Friday yeah. Canes fans. So I want to throw it out there. I don't want to sugarcoat the issue that there are Canes fans out there that think that Manny Diaz is not the right guy for the job. I as a fan don't believe that and as a journalist don't believe that. I think you can't judge Manny Diaz and the staff the five games. You just can't. Well, I think that Manny Diaz needs to get a better feel for what the difference between being a coordinator and a head coach is. And this was the same thing, taking it back, different team, similar situation. Mm -hmm. The way I felt about Adam Gase, when Adam Gase was the head coach of the Miami Dolphins, this guy was supposed to be an offensive guru and had a horrendous offense. He has one now with the Jets. And I thought to myself, okay, If you make your reputation on one side of the field, Mm -hmm. make sure to get that right. Because everything else, you're learning. And there's a learning curve. So with Manny Diaz, everything associated with running a program, fundraising, recruiting, social media, making sure the kids graduate, all of those things were not his responsibility when he was a defensive coordinator. His job was to run the defense. And he did it extremely well. He did it well enough to get a job at Temple. He did it well enough to become a head coach at the University of Miami. Now, he's a head coach of Miami, and the defense couldn't tackle anyone, gave up 42 points to Virginia Tech. I know there were five turnovers. That's too many points. Offense put up 35 points. That should win the ball game. So, what I would say is that Manny needs to focus on getting that defense right. So you think he's he stretching do himself it. thin. He's I think not he's, doing any one thing well I while think he's trying he's, to do everything. I think he does not yet have the proper mix 
of all of the all of the responsibilities that he should be doing. That is Fair. his learning curve. How do you allocate your time? Coaches plan their day down to the second, 365 days a year. And sometimes you get so fixated on the little things that you forget the big things like, oh yeah, my defense can't tackle. That's something he needs to address. And as a guy who we know can put out a defense that had the team 10-0 and and beating Notre Dame and had game day down here, we know he can do that. So now, to watch a defense give a 42 points to a really bad team, unacceptable. So the first thing he should fix, if he wants to save his job, in air quotes, Mm -hmm. to the people who want to fire him for no reason after five games, which is ridiculous. It is. But if you want to quiet those people down... Control what you can control. What Manny Diaz can do, and we know this factually because he's done defense. it, is coach defense. Yeah. So fix that. Do that well. Yeah, do one and thing then, well. And right. then start to, and then build off of that. Okay, our defense is better. Now let me stick my hands in the offense. Let's work on the line. And that's how you build. Because right now it's just like everything's going chaotic. What is he doing? Yeah, what is what, what Canes, is he doing well? What are the Canes good at right now? And the answer is not much. Now there are obviously some things they're better at than others. One of them certainly not kicking field goals. I mean, <laughs> or kicking extra points for that matter. Uh, stopping people is having uh, you're having an issue there. Protecting the quarterback. I mean, you go down the line. This is a bad football team right now. This isn't even a mediocre football team right now. This is a bad football team now because you're what winless in conference. You are you only your only two wins are against two teams. I mean, you should annihilate. I mean, this is this is not a good football team right now, which leads me to the final point on the Hurricanes, guys. Are they just not a good football team? Is it that we are because we're blinded by Miami and it's the Canes and all the players they put out in the NFL and the U and the turnover chain and the touchdown rings and all this stuff that we're blinded to think that this is a good football team when in reality, when you look at the roster, they're just not. Well, and I don't know that I ever thought they were going to be a really good football team. I thought they could be the best of a bad bunch in the Coastal. And by the way, I'm still not 100% convinced that that, that can happen. Let's see what happens against Virginia this weekend because it, Virginia is probably the best team in the Coastal that we've seen so far, but it's also a team that if you find a way to slow down Bryce Perkins, you can easily beat that team. So I still think they're there's a chance they could end up being that. And I felt like coming into the season that because the Coastal was so bad that their schedule was going to allow them to appear better than they were. So far to this point, mm-hmm. they've lost to two bad football teams in the Coastal Division. There's still time to fix that. But no, I, I don't think that I don't think that it's a team that has blinded us. I felt like we all expected that there was going to be a, a growth process, yeah. a learning curve. But no, I by I by no means am I saying that this year has not been a disappointment. Yeah, growing pains are one thing. This is another. But again, I am. I guess the final thought on the Hurricanes that we'll put on this part of the discussion on the pod is that. This is a long season. It is year one for Manny Diaz as a head coach. You're going to expect some some bumps along the way. Jaron Williams is a starting quarterback who we assume will be the starting quarterback Friday night against Virginia along the way. And, and I think you just have to see how they react. It's very hard to judge now. But six, seven games from now, I think it's very fair to judge year one of Manny Diaz and how things look, whether they're going to a bowl, whether they finish strong, whether they corrected any of the problems we just mentioned. Those are things to be determined that I think are fair. Before we get to the heat, I want to get one more reminder our sponsor today, Vera Motors, when you spend your hard-earned money on a car, go to a place with a reputation. I promise you there's no business in the state of Florida with a better reputation than Vera Motors. Vera Cadillac, New York GMC, Pembroke Pines. The Vera family has been serving South Florida for 60 years. For the best deal in South Florida, the best service, Vera Cadillac, New York GMC. Vera Cadillac, New York GMC, 300 South University Drive, three miles north of the stadium, Pembroke Pines. 
We talked Canes. Let's quickly touch on the Heat. They had their first preseason game this week. They had their charity event on Sunday. They had their scrimmage. We got to see a little bit of the team, though, in kind of a controlled, kind of fun <laughs> setting. It wasn't really a chance to see how these guys are developing. But this is now when the season begins. Clay, as you look at training camp, the way it, it kind of transpired, I think we all agree that there's a good feeling in camp. The the culture, the vibe of having Jimmy there lead the way. There's a positive feeling about this team that's very rare to find in a team that's lost its iconic player to retirement and that didn't make the playoffs last year. Uh, there's a real positive feeling as the Heat get closer and closer to the regular season. There is, and, and what I find fascinating about this whole thing isn't what we've seen on the floor so far. To me, it's what we've seen on social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the team control, well, first off, the Heat control everything. I mean, there is nothing that gets out of that building that is not 100% authorized, if not put out by Pat Riley and, and the rest of the people in the front office. I find it fascinating that this team has put out videos of, of Jimmy Butler talking smack in practice, uh, yelling at a teammate after rejecting him at the rim. So to me, I think it's awesome because this team is embracing everything that Jimmy Butler is about, and they're saying what Jimmy Butler is about is what we're about. Mm-hmm. And and this is the perfect marriage. And Eric Spolstra pretty much said that on Sunday night after the red, white, uh, red, white, and pink game. So I I just don't think I've I've ever I don't recall a team embracing something that is relatively taboo, something like trash-talking against your own teammates, and especially something that has gotten a player in trouble in other places. I, I love it. I, I love that the team is is all about everything. Now, this is the honeymoon period. We'll see what happens when, when they start losing a couple of games here and there, because they're not going 82-0. and 0. Sorry, I hate to break it to you. Um, but I, I just I love how this team is all in on being the bad guys, and they're all in on, on being the trash-talkers and whatever Jimmy Butler got in trouble for elsewhere that's what we're about and take it or leave it yeah I, I i am excited to see what they bring and we talked last week in the pod about some of the you know questions about lineups and i don't think we're going to get a lot of answers in the preseason because i think the reality is this dookie eric spolster is not the kind of guy who's just going to announce this is my starting lineup and i'm going to stick with it i mean he's going to go through rotation changes within games before games he's going to make those surprise announcements where you find out that you know some tyler hero starting one day and you're like what the heck where'd that come from i mean that's just the way spo does things but i think there are some interesting things to look forward to in the preseason the way jimmy you know handles especially early on having the basketball you know who's leading at the point but how do you facilitate and get the ball through jimmy how often is it in his hands is he the point person on every possession are you trying to work bam in the post i mean there are a lot of little things that eric spolster his eyes light up when he talks about it but we until we see it we really don't understand of what what's really going to be look i remember when uh when the heat signed luol dang right and Pat Riley made a video where he called Luol Dang the most important signing in the history of the franchise. This versatile... It may something. have been some hyperbole. It, there. there was a lot of hyperbole, and it was, you know, a franchise that was trying to sell some tickets. Let's be real. That was trying to get people excited. Yeah. I think, to Clay's point and your point, what we're seeing with Jimmy Butler, the excitement, the hype coming from the heat, coming from his teammates, coming from social media, coming from getting up at 3.30 in the morning, coming from him interacting with fans at Kaiser University in West Palm Beach, it all sort of feels like it's happening naturally. It doesn't feel like this is the heat manufacturing a personality that they like. It seems like the heat legitimately like Jimmy Butler, and they're letting Jimmy be Jimmy, and they're taking it, and they're putting it out there 
because they're cool with it. And it doesn't feel like they're force feeding me something. Like, I didn't believe them when they signed, and I love Luol Dang, great player in college, but I didn't believe them that he was the most important signing. I understood their position, and I understood they had to sell it. So now you have Dwayne leave, so you think, oh, well, they're going to try to sell it. But nothing that they've been showing of Jimmy Butler feels forced or inauthentic, mm-hmm. or it feels like they're just letting Jimmy be Jimmy, and and, and they're cool with it. No, and, and I think that's a great point. It's it, They love his flaw. And and they're embracing his flaws, and they're say. And when I say flaws, I mean what other people have viewed as flaws. And it's something that I don't know if, if you guys ever had fathers or, or grandfathers that that gave you advice as far as the woman that you're going to marry. But um, I remember a very good piece of advice my, I my got. My dad told me not to get married. That's well, that, that yeah. Well, I mean that that's a whole different podcast. <laughs> um, but the one thing that I remember hearing was, don't marry the woman that that like you love the best part of her. Marry the woman that you love and can deal with the worst parts of her. Mm-hmm. And it feels like with the heat, they love the worst parts of Jimmy Butler. That what are viewed as the worst mm-hmm. parts of Jimmy Butler. They're embracing that and and I just think like 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 Tukey said, it's organic. Like they they're not faking this. And so I want to see how it plays out and hopefully it translates to wins on the floor. By the way, speaking of Jimmy Butler, uh, we had Jason Jackson, the incredible uh, host on Heat TV, uh, reporter and host on our Sunday night show and Jackson's got his big charity roast that he does this is his third one where he raises money through his Jackson Family Foundation this year for the Dwayne Wade Foundation because Dwayne Wade will be the one being roasted. So I want to give Jack some love for the great work he does in South Florida. Dwayne as well. And it is Saturday night. It's this Saturday night, October 12th. October 12th. Yeah. October 12th. It is at the One Hotel. There are tickets still available. You can go to jackscharityroast.com is the website where Jackson's got tickets still available. If you want to check that out, it's a great cause. You'll see a lot of Heat players there, including Jimmy Butler, as part of the people that will be roasting Dwayne Wade. So I want to end on that because Jack was kind enough to join us on Sunday night and does a great job in the community. He get back to work. Hopefully, will Canes can bounce back on Friday night. Oh yeah, Dolphins, the uh, toilet bowl next Sunday. <laughs> the Dolphins and Redskins. Can I make that graphic? Please build it now. The biggest Dolphins game since the Super Bowl against the 49ers. This is it's debatable. We'll debate it on next week's pod. 